Hey there, this is the His Beloved Podcast with Kendra Bartlett and Megan Copeland, and we are so glad you are here. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the His Beloved Podcast. I'm Megan. And I'm Kendra. It's so good to be with you guys again. And this is another episode of our Find Your Fire. Find Your Fire. We were like, we're so excited. <laughs> we're so excited. Yes. <laughs> I can't wait to. It's, I don't know. It's, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. It's so fun. It is. Um, so just speaking of, of Find Your Fire, I was just thinking about this. Like, have we fully explained, like, what does it mean to find your fire? Like, we're, we're giving episodes and steps, right? right? Um, and if we can encompass it in, like, a sentence or two, I think find your fire is living fully alive as God intends mm-hmm. you to do. Yeah. You know, and it's, and it's finding that within yourself that God has placed already and igniting it and mm. letting it, um, just blaze. Yeah. Cause it's there. Yes. Like God has given us all the tools that we need in the yeah. Holy Spirit and in his love, but we just don't allow it to go, like to right. take root and to, yeah. to, to blaze. Like you said, like now is the time for that. Yeah. Yeah. And the book that we're reading for our encounter, um, classes it gave this great analogy and it's so funny because someone that my husband does ministry with has given this analogy at confirmation retreats over and over and over again and he was like hey jeremy (laughs) this is you Uh, but do you remember the chocolate milk thing like you get a glass of milk and you pour chocolate syrup in it i'm behind in the book okay that's okay (laughs) and you can't see it until you stir it up and Mm. so we are the milk and god has poured his chocolate syrup in us in baptism. Oh, and it's just sitting and there And it's doing just nothing. sitting there. Right. And it, it's meant to flavor us and to sweeten us and to, you know, empower us. You know, sugar gives you the sugar rush. You yeah. know, I'm kind of getting a little far in the, into this analogy. <laughs> and to change who we are. But, and it to change who we are. Yeah. Yes, forever. Like, it's never going to separate out again. You oh, know? that's good. Um, so that's what I think about finding your fire. Like, stir it up. We are stirring yes, you up. Let's and go. And allowing the Lord to stir us you up. You know, today's so. Our Lady of Fatima's, the day she made the Sundance. <gasps> Oh, really? Isn't that sweet? Okay. I wrote it this morning. It's a very That's special really day to beautiful. me. Like, so come on. Like, she can make the sun dance in the sky yeah, and yeah. bring all those people to Jesus. Yeah. Like, she's ready for us to, yeah. to really believe this and go. And I love that miracle so much because um, there are reporters there mm. to witness it and mm-hmm. to report on it. You know, there's documentation. It, it wasn't something that happened in, like, 1604. No. You know, like, it was it was fairly current, you know? No, there were not only reporters there to document it. They were there to disprove right. it. Right. Yes, they yes, were there yes. to say, this is not happening. Yeah. And atheistic reporters right. left there and became Catholic because they saw a miracle take place right before their eyes. Like, come on, y'all. Crazy. That's crazy. This is a God we serve. This is a God who is stirring up. Right. Our chocolate Who's milk. calling all of this? Let's do it. Okay. So... So we have some components to find your fire. One is knowing your identity. Mm-hmm. Another is um, we really believe healing wounds. Yeah. If we are walking around wounded, which we all are, like, mm-hmm. let's be honest, everyone has some sort of wound they carry from their childhood or from something current that's happening in their lives, from a relationship. And those wounds cause us to not be able to fully receive what God has for us. It, mm-hmm. uh, they cause us to react in Mm -hmm. situations where we wouldn't otherwise react and without even knowing it, maybe like it can trigger a little wound in our hearts. And before we know it, we're causing a big, you know, problem with a family member or Mm -hmm. a relative or someone near our our hearts. And and I couldn't even, even speak to that. So, um, years ago, a friend of mine, she was talking about wounds and how we all have wounds and stuff. And I was like, 
I don't have any wounds. You know, I, I, I've been very blessed to not have like many traumatic things mm-hmm. happen in my life and that sort of thing. Um, so I kind of blew it off and, but it's always been a seed in the back of my mind. And so as I'm going through this, you know, the Lord has been taking me on this journey this past two years. Um, I have so many wounds and so yeah. many like underlying, um, I guess softer wounds, I guess you can say, not like mm-hmm. blatant outright big ones. If, does that make sense? Yeah. Um, but as, as the Lord has gently opened my eyes and my heart to see them and brought them to the surface, um, he's allowed me to connect kind of the repercussions of them. And, and some of them are yes, hurting other people in response, but it's also putting up walls. What you're saying is beautiful. And I, you just made me think of something you've often said that the devil doesn't always come at us with these big, mm-hmm. you know, outright outlandish lies. He comes at you with little soft whispers mm-hmm. and smoke and mirrors. And sometimes I think those smaller wounds can be even more dangerous than the big wounds because we don't even realize you don't even there. realize them. Absolutely. And so we're not paying attention to them. We're yeah. like, if you know, you have some childhood trauma, yeah. you're going to like, you're, you're probably aware. be a little bit more aware of that than some of these wounds that are just sliding under the radar uh-huh. and they're causing issues that you don't even know. Right. But what yeah. I think is so beautiful about your story is you took that to prayer mm-hmm. and the Lord revealed them to you. Yeah. Which is yeah. so much of, of what um, Dr. Bob Schutz and Sister Miriam and mm-hmm. the JP2 Healing Center um, suggest is like just bringing these things to the heart of Jesus because it's a way for him to intimately love us in the place that we need it so desperately and to speak love into yes. those wounded places because that's the, that's the greatest level of healing is coming right. straight from from the heart of God. Right. And it's super important as we go into this and as you begin your journey um, to not become a navel gazer and look inward and stir stuff up yourself. Mm-hmm. Like that's not that's not what God intends with this. We're not supposed to look inward and dig up and search for wounds and that sort of thing. It's just to change your posture to this posture of openness to say, okay, Lord, let's go on this journey. Please guide me and allow him to let those things bubble up to the surface gently because he's going to do it gently. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a loving father. Um, and, and just to share something that happened, um, just to witness to that is, um, I was praying over someone just very, very dear to my heart who has been in bondage for a long time. And after I prayed with that person, I just thought, um, I can't wait to see if God heals this person. Mm-hmm. And then I just had this like check. Um, it's not if he heals him, it's when he heals him yeah. because God does not want this person in bondage no. and he doesn't want you in bondage. He doesn't want any of us in bondage. And so he's going to gently allow these things to surf, come to the surface. He's going to put people in our path. He's going to put books at our fingertips. He's going to allow healing prayer opportunities. He's going to allow retreats to happen, you know, and he's going to gently guide you on this beautiful journey. Yeah. A couple of, um, Months ago, we were preparing for our retreat called Set Free, and it was funny when Kendra and I first started. We were literally in the front yard. Like, I remember this moment, and we were like, let's do a women's night. What do you think we should call it? I don't know. Uh, Set Free sounds good. (laughs) That's that's literally how that went down, and we had no idea. I mean, it was clearly a moment of the Holy Spirit, but we didn't know why. We were just like, let's let's go with that. That sounds great. And then over the next couple of months, the Lord really took us on this journey of learning about healing prayer and about deliverance prayer and 
just this like deep desire of his heart to set his women free, mm-hmm. his people free. He mm-hmm. wants everyone to be free. He does not desire us to live in bondage. And there was this recurring theme in my prayer of justice. Do you remember mm, that? Yes. And I was like, I don't know what justice means. Yeah. And I don't like that word kind of scares me a little bit. And I don't understand it. And so I just, everywhere I looked, it was like in every scripture, like the Lord was clearly trying to tell me something. And then one day he finally um, revealed what it was to me. And he said, I see the brokenness in the world and will make it right. No longer will I let my people live in chains and darkness. It is time to step into the light and be set mm. free. He desires us to be set free. And it's not in, like you said, if he heals, this is his desire for everyone. It's when, like all we have to do is ask and make those first steps and, and go for prayer and allow him to access our heart. That doesn't mean it's going to happen fast. And it's not going to feel good either. Yeah. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Like this could be years, but the goal, but his desire is to heal our hearts. Mm -hmm. Okay. So Mm -hmm. here we go. We ready for this? Yes. Theology according to Tessa. Are we going there? (laughs) Theology according to Tessa. So I have a two year old. And she goes through these phases of like falling in love with Disney movies. And you know how like it is when you have a kid, you watch the same movie over and over and over and over <laughs> 7 million times. And it's funny because I think you start to like kind of like tune it out sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so there's different pieces that like stand out to me every time. But like the Lord speaks to me through Disney movies. I, I decided so this is like one of my charisms. <laughs> I don't know if that's a real thing, but like. I love it. God speaks to me through Disney. Uh-huh. Is that weird? But I thought no. about this this morning because a lot of people like don't like Disney and I get yeah, that. Yeah, I get that too. Yeah. And I'm not saying all of it is good. Right. There's a right. whole lot of stuff out there on Disney Plus that I would not let my children watch and I don't advise. But there's also some really beautiful themes. And mm-hmm. I think what part of why Disney stands out to me so much is because it speaks to the heart of our daughters mm-hmm. in such a beautiful way. And it's like if we can take this story and see where God is moving mm-hmm. and can move in our own hearts, then it's good and mm-hmm. it's worthy. And I think it's not just Disney. There's probably other shows out yeah. there that you could do the same thing with. I'm just not watching those because my kids aren't like making me watch those nonstop. <laughs> right. So it's like Disney that I'm seeing it. So we have like a whole Moana theology. Uh-huh. We did a whole retreat on Moana and identity for amazing. young girls. And um, But right now, Tessa is into Encanto again. I also can do this with Frozen, by the way. Like, I've got a whole, got a whole theology for Frozen, too. We haven't gone there yet, but I got one for that. Um, but so she's been into Encanto, and we actually did an episode on Encanto yeah. for our girls' podcast. And this one's going to be different. So if you heard that one, yeah. great. If not, you might want to go back and listen to it at the end of this one, because that one we spoke more about gifting and charism mm-hmm. and identity. And this one, we're going to talk more about wounds and family generational trauma yeah. and um what the actual, what's her last name? Uh, Madrigal, is that her name? What I think that so. family yeah. went through. Yeah. Um, through Say all it of very this. beautifully. Madrigal. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah. if you haven't watched the movie Encanto, you might want to go watch you it. You might want to go watch <laughs> it. Before For we sure. You on. For sure. If you have watched it, um, join along. Okay, so backstory on Encanto. Um, it is, um, the story of a family in, um, Colombia and at the beginning of the, of the movie, it's a flashback to, um, 30 years ago and the abuela, the little grandma, um, she and her husband, um, end up in some sort of like their city's being taken over. Some mm-hmm. sort of war is happening. There's something dangerous happening in their city. And they have just given birth to triplets. And so they are running from people on horses who are there to take down their city. 
And I kind of got the feeling, I don't know if you've noticed this, I kind of got the feeling that the husband sacrificed himself to yes. save the people. Okay, that's what I got to, 100%. Too? Yeah, he, yeah. He, he encouraged them to go on. And then he goes back. Goodbye, and then he turned around to go back trying to He stop goes them. back to, yeah. to fight off the people and let right. them escape, which is beautiful, um, which maybe where part of his miracle came from. Yeah. Um, and so um, in that site where that happens, a miracle takes place for Abuela and her family, and they're given this candle. And, and they call it their miracle. Um, and, and then a house is built in this, this sounds kind of silly, but a house is built on this, on that ground. And this house is enchanted, which is why mm-hmm. they call it Encanto. And so what I love to do with Disney movies is there's always a lot of like magic flowing through. And I like to look at the magic in Disney as the Holy Spirit. Mm. So if you can look at that house and mm-hmm. everything that's moving in that house as the way the Holy Spirit guides our hearts, uh-huh. it all makes a whole lot more sense. That's cool. So like, you know, the house will like hand them things. It's kind of like uh-huh. the water, the water in Moana. Like the house serves them and uh-huh. the house guides them and it's like, hey, come this way. And like, hey, you're late. And like, yeah. there's a clock towards her at one of the times. And that's kind of how the Holy Spirit like guides our hearts. But we yeah. just can't see it. It's not as physical um, as the house is in Encanto. So anyways... So um, she has these three triplets, and all three of those triplets are given a gift. And um, then those their children are also given gifts, except for sweet Mirabel, who is not given a gift. And it causes her deep wounds. The entire fam- um, city comes together, the whole town, to watch her, her gift ceremony. And it's a sweet little girl with these big brown eyes, and she looks up at the door, and the door disappears. And mm-hmm. this gift that she thought was coming to her is suddenly gone. Mm-hmm. And and these gifts are really like their identity. Mm-hmm. It becomes who they are. And it's really um, important to have this identity because they, they, they've not been given an identity of just being the beloved or part mm-hmm. of the family. They, they are there to serve. Yeah. And so the family uses these gifts to serve the entire town. So the entire town wants them to have these gifts, right? And um, poor Mirabelle doesn't have a gift. And a sudden shame falls over her mm-hmm. in that moment. And as you watch the movie, each one of these characters kind of struggles with their gift Mm -hmm. and struggles with their identity Mm -hmm. and with the lies they hear because of, of this gift or not gift. And, and you can see these wounds really start to form in um, each one of these characters and the greatest wound, and it takes a while to get to this point, but the greatest wound is actually in the abuela mm-hmm. who had gone through this trauma. Yeah. Um, she had a deep trauma. Her husband died right in front of her. Right. She was left with triplets to raise on her own. Yeah. And, and God rescued her in that moment. Like if, if we believe that this Encanto is from the Holy Spirit, then God is giving her this great gift yeah. to walk her through the hardest time of her life. And she receives that gift, but then she grasps it mm-hmm. yeah. and she controls the gift to the point where she actually makes her family miserable Yeah, because they're so worried about falling apart. They're so worried about making a mistake. They're so worried about ruining this gift forever. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of it too. Is like, it's not freely given to them. It's they're constantly having to earn the gift. Yeah. We have to continue to continue to strive towards this identity of this gift. And if we don't strive for it, then it's going to fall apart and we're all going to lose it. Mm-hmm. And so if anybody steps one foot in the wrong direction or makes one mistake, then they're now hurting the family and they're hurting the entire town. Yeah. It's a pretty heavy. Yeah. Weight. <laughs> heavy weight to wear on your shoulders. Yeah. And, 
And so I, I watched the ending again today and just looked at the sweet little grandma and the pain in her eyes. Mm-hmm. And the reason I wanted to do this podcast, it was like yesterday the Lord was just like, here, this is what I need my people to hear. Let's go. Let's do this. I feel like there's so many people who are carrying guilt and weight and shame like that and just trying to hold it all together mm-hmm. and trying to muscle through. And the Lord's saying, I never asked you to carry that. Yeah. I never asked you to hold everything together on your own. In fact, I created you to need me. Mm-hmm. I created you to desire my help. And you live in a fallen world where things are broken. And you will not be able to carry this weight on your own, but I will carry some of it with you. Yeah. Like I never said the cross would be light. I never said the cross would be easy, but I said I would carry the cross with you. Right. And he's asking us to offer him our crosses and to allow healing to take place in our hearts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, okay. So let's keep going. All right. So that is Abuela. And um, so... We have been really moved lately by Dr. Bob Schutz and his um, Healing the Whole Person series. And and now he has multiple different retreats and books and um, opportunities for healing. But he has devised these seven deadly wounds, and they go with Mm -hmm. the seven deadly sins. And so it was cute. Yesterday, my girls and I were watching Encanto in the morning before school because that's what we do around here. And we were like, I see their wounds. And we're like, have the list pulled up. And and Livy's all, well, Mirabel's wound is this. And Ella's like all into it too. And so I know it was really cute. And so we're just going to go through the wounds for a second, okay? So Abuela's wound, I believe is abandonment. Mm -hmm. And even though her husband was taken away from her, there was a deep loss there, right? And really, if he chose to go, she might have felt like he was choosing, you know, even though it was a sacrifice. But our brains don't always understand the way things really happen. So she felt this great loss, and she was constantly trying to escape the next loss. Yeah. And whenever you are, whenever abandonment is at, you know, one of the, the roots of the wounds, the lies you hear hmm. are that you're alone, that you have to do it all by yourself, yes. that you have to control, that you have to grasp. And um, and so whenever you are awakened to that wound and the you know, Lord helps you process through that, you begin to see how much, like Megan was saying, how much of the cross you're trying to carry on your own. Hmm. Um, and even maybe pushing the cross away, like you don't even have a cross to carry. Right. Like it's not really there, you know? And I see, mm-hmm. I saw that a lot in Abuela as well. Yeah. She even says at the end, I'm sorry. I, I held on so tight. I was just afraid to lose you too. Right. But it was like yeah. that self-sufficiency yeah. and the, the needing to control. And, mm-hmm. and you're exactly right. So the other part of these wounds is that each one of these wounds comes from a lie to our identity. Yeah. So we talked about identity and, and needing to know who we are as the beloved. And the evil one is constantly whispering lies into our yeah. minds, constantly just telling us um, that we are not good enough or mm-hmm. that we are not um, safe or that we're not secure. And each person has different lies. And so these wounds come from that place. But when you can root out the lie yeah. and you can see that it's not true, yeah. then it loses its power. Right. And a um, really beautiful moment at the end of this. I don't want to give away the end. I mean, at this mm. point, everybody's heard it, right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the um, of the show, after they've had this kind of heartbreaking moment where Mirabel tells her, like, I was never good enough for you, Abuela. You, you, yeah. I will never be who you want me to be. Um, they have this time where 
um, Abuela is honest with her heart mm-hmm. and she tells her backstory to, to Mirabel and she says, I was just afraid of losing them. I was afraid of losing all of you. And there's this moment where the light shines in, mm. you know, like we always yeah, talk about yeah. like wounds and lies fester in the darkness. Yeah. And as long as you're alone with that lie that says no one loves you, no one wants you around, you need to control everything. Uh-huh. That gives place for the devil to just keep like twisting it and twisting it and right. pointing you more with it. But as soon as you share it with it, even one person, yeah. light comes into that darkness. Yeah. And every single time you are open about it and vulnerable, more light comes in. Yeah. Every time you share it with the Lord, huge amounts of light come in. And so for her to share that with Mirabel, it changed the whole course of their family, the whole course mm-hmm. of the movie, because now, now Mirabel understands her. Mm-hmm. She sees her wound. She sees where she's coming from. She doesn't just see her as some mean, terrible woman who's trying to control their life. And you know what that brought out in Mirabel was mm-hmm. compassion. Compassion, yes. Yeah. Empathy. And- right, and understanding like, oh, this is where she was coming from. Yeah. I get it now. And not everybody responds that way. So I think that's a beautiful part of the, of the movie too, right, is that yeah. she was able to like really hear her grandmother's story and mm-hmm. say, you know what? You're broken right. and that's okay. We're all broken, but right. we're going to journey this together. And then there's like this big family bonding that happens at the end. Yeah. So that's Abuela. So Mirabel's um, wound that we see is rejection. Yeah. So when she's this little girl and she sees everyone around her receive their gift and their gifts are magnificent. Like um, one, her mother can heal people and, um, her uncle has a gift of prophecy and her sisters, one is beautiful and, and roses fly out of her hair <laughs> and the other one, and she's perfect. And the other one is really strong and she can carry like houses on her shoulders and things like that. So these are, these are really pretty profound gifts. And she realizes that she has none of these things. Yeah. And, um, and she spends the whole rest of her life trying to earn that place. Yeah trying to strive to be in a place of feeling like she's wanted and she's needed. And, and to her credit, when this happened, Abuela kind of shut her back. Like she said, you basically, you you know, you're part of this family, but you're not really part of this family. So she was given some definite blows from the world too. And people Mm -hmm. say, Oh, you're the one without the gift. So it's not all just in her head. Um, Of all the family members, I kind of see her as operating the most healthiest. Hmm with their wound. Does that make sense? Because I, I saw her in her, in, in the place of rejection, still championing those around her who are using their gift and encouraging them. And, um, like in, in the songs that she sings, she's, she's like, I'm still a part of this family. I am still, I still matter. Yeah. And I think, um, I think that could be a good witness to see like when, when we are anchored, I really, I really feel like she, she's the most anchored in, in who she is, mm-hmm. not in like the others are anchored in their gifting yeah, and in their, whatever, you know, like, I think she's trying to tell herself she's anchored. Well, I think, I she think wants to be, but she operates. Really yeah. Struggling. Yeah. And that's yeah. what I mean of the, of all of them. She's the healthiest. Doesn't mean she's like fully right. she's living. Right. Um, so I, yeah. And, and just the, the longing came out of like some deep deep hurt. Right. But she still tried to surfacey, like encourage others and tell herself she has a place and that sort of thing. Yeah. And, but she gets to a point where she says, I can't remember who she said it to, but she said, 
I'm sorry. I was just trying to be somebody I wasn't. Mm. I was trying to make my own gift basically is what she was doing is she was trying to prove to them that she Mm -hmm. was worthy. Mm -hmm. And um, the lie for rejection is I'm unwanted and I'm not good enough. Mm. And she heard that a lot, but she would kind of tell herself, I'm still part of this family. I'm still good. I'm still great. But like deep in the back of her mind, she was going, I'm not wanted. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I don't have a place here with them. But the beautiful part of the whole story is that her gift was her way that she loved people. Mm-hmm. It was her way that she brought people together. It was her way that she championed yeah. them and she saw the good in them. And she yeah. was able to be the mediator in the family that brought, brought out truth and healing. And uh, one thing I think is cool about her is they all have um, like a symbol of their gifting Um And on her dress, she has the symbols of everybody's gifting because she is like the glue that holds everyone together. That's really cool. Once she's able to step into that role and that calling, then everything starts to meld and make sense and and mesh. But before that, she she really struggles with it. Okay. And then her big sister, Louisa, she's the one who's like super strong. Yeah. Okay. So, and she sings this whole song about... the weight of the being the weight of the world being on her shoulders and Under pressure. Yeah. And a drip, drip of pressure over her all the time. And so for her, um, the, the wound that I saw was powerlessness, which is funny because she's powerful, right? Interesting. Yeah. But yeah. she doesn't have control. Yeah. And she's stuck in this situation where the weight of the world is always on her right. and it's always being told to her, you have to carry everything because yeah. you're the big sister. You're the one who's stronger than everyone else. Mm-hmm. And she's actually crumbling under the weight of all of this pressure. Mm-hmm. And I thought about that quite a bit of like our children. I think our older daughters a lot of times carry yeah. that weight, but yeah. also moms. Yeah. Moms true. carry that weight where we say, I have to handle all of this because there's no one else who can do it, which a lot of times there's some truth in that. (laughs) Somebody has got to keep the family moving. Right, right. Especially if you're a single mom, like you have to carry the weight of everything, right? Because there's no one else to help bear the load with you. Um, And so, but sometimes we end up um, not taking care of ourselves because we're so... Uh, worried about everybody else. Mm-hmm. And and I find myself doing that a lot of just being the mom of a lot of like medical issues in our family. My health always comes last. My, mm. you know, mental health comes last. My everything comes last because I'm constantly pouring into them. Right, right. And I think um, when someone is struggling with that, um, the spirit of self-reliance yes. sneaks in. It does. It does. And, um, and that's, you know, putting yourself in the place that God wants to be. Mm, yeah. Just fully relying on yourself instead of doing all the things that you have to do and fully relying on the Lord to provide yes. and the Lord to, to order your day, the Lord to multiply your sleep, the Lord to um, work in the hearts of your children and, mm-hmm. and heal wounds that you may have caused and that sort of thing, like um, just shifting. And, and that's something um, that I personally have to renounce a lot is that spirit of self-reliance. Yeah. And, and so many times I don't realize it. Um, I think sometimes you, a couple of times you've, you've made me like become aware of it and it's so freeing whenever like, oh, yeah, me too. yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, well, and the lie for, for that powerlessness is that it all depends on me. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And that's that self-reliance, right? Yeah. Everything depends on me, which in actuality, 
none of it depends on us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we just get to follow what God calls us to. Yeah. And I think the other thing she takes on a lot is false responsibility. Yeah, that's true. And I think yeah. we do that a lot as moms and, and women too, is mm-hmm. this, this idea of false responsibility of I, it's my fault or I have to be the one to pick up the pieces. I have right. to be the one. And and actually, that is like a lie from the enemy right. is false responsibility. And it's cloaked under a good intention. Yeah. It looks very good and very Christian to to take good take responsibility of things. But right. really, he's putting responsibility on us that we were never meant to carry. Right. And um, a lot of times that looks like someone also taking on someone else's spiritual life Ooh, yeah. as your responsibility too. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, you know, I see that sometimes between spouses, yeah. um, wanting to, wanting their spouse to step it up spiritually or whatever. Um, and you take on that responsibility, that weight of trying to fix yeah. them or provide the spiritual, um, elements for them. And, and that's not our job either. Like Mm-mm. we, we are called to be salt of the earth and light and honey, um, that heals and, and to walk in the truth of who we are and allow that to work like God to use that in their spiritual lives. Yeah. I'm just thinking of the force, anything, the plates, you need oh, to yeah. share the plates. Yeah. So I, um, I was preparing for a talk the other day and sometimes when I prepare for talks, it's like the Lord just gives me exactly what I'm supposed to say. And then other <laughs> times I get like all of them ahead and and I think I'm like, I only have 45 minutes of them. I need to teach them everything, everything, <laughs> everything yeah. there is to know about the Lord. And that's stupid, number one, like mm-hmm. impossible, number two. And three, it's not my job. My job is just to be faithful to what he wants for me in that moment. Yeah. My job is not to convert every person on the planet. And um, so we logged on to our um, encounter call the other day. And my encounter leader is a sweet priest who lives like in Nebraska. And every, the last couple of times, every time we get on, he's like, I was praying this morning and I had a vision for one of you. And I swear every time it's for me. And they're like, <laughs> I'm like, you and I, we need to be friends. Um, so he had this vision though of an old cafeteria. He said like from the sixties and you know, there's like a, um, stack of plates on the side that the lunch lady would pass out to people. And he said, I see one of you and you're standing there with a stack of plates and you're trying to put food on them. You're trying to feed the people. And Jesus is standing next to you saying, I already have that covered. Mm-hmm. All I need for you is to take the plate to the people. And it was like this very real moment of, I'm not asking you to provide everything they need. Mm-hmm. All I'm asking you is to be faithful and provide them what I give you. Because yeah. I'm going to give it to you. You don't have to grasp or control right. or force things. Because when that happens, then I'm believing the lies right. that the enemy is putting in my head of, um, you know, they're not going to like your message. or And it, and then that becomes all about me and mm-hmm. not about the Lord. And that is not the goal at yeah. all. And, and I, I, I love that story so much. Because as we're journeying through Find Your Fire, um, and each one of you are being awakened um, you are like a, a side dish, I guess, that the mm-hmm. Lord knows for the whatever person that you're going to come into contact with that day or um, 
you have an influence over their life that he's going to use those pieces of you and your story or, um, a ministry he's calling you to whatever as something on that person's plate. So you are not the full portion on that person's right. plate, but you are a part that the Lord can draw from to feed that person yeah. exactly what that person needs. Yeah. You don't have to fill the whole plate. It's right. not all up to you. Yeah. And I think we also, um, I hear this a lot of, uh, with, women with grown children mm-hmm. who are really worried about the faith of their grown children right? Yeah, or teenagers or college students. And, and just like that false responsibility that somehow this is my fault or that I have to bring them back to the faith or that I have to be in control. Yeah. And so what we end up doing is we end up grasping to the point where we push them away. Yeah. I did that as a married woman. It's not a good idea. <laughs> like I dragged <laughs> Chad for many, many yeah. years and tried to get him to love the Lord the way I did because I saw such beauty in it and I mm-hmm. wanted it for his heart. But I, my grasping was not making a difference and I needed to surrender his heart to God because yeah. as much as we desire their conversion, the Lord does a million times more. Absolutely. He desires their hearts so much more than we could ever desire it for them. Yeah. So it's all about surrender, I guess, at some point. <laughs> Anyways. Um, so, okay, let's talk about Bruno. Yeah. Let's talk about Bruno. Okay. So in, in the oh, did you know there's a St. Bruno? Oh yeah. What's, there is a St. Bruno. Story? I don't know his story. I just know that he was brought up and something Chris was doing with kids. I don't know. And the kids were like, oh, Bruno. Go ahead, sorry. <laughs> That's funny. So Bruno is one of the, the triplets and his gift is prophecy. And People don't like his prophecies. <laughs> they're not like fun, <laughs> but they're not bad. Yeah. They're not wrong. They're just like, like I like the priest where it says, he told me I would be bald. Yeah. And then the priest is bald. I just think it's cute. There's a priest in there. And they show his bald <laughs> head. Um, but so he, he gives people these prophecies and they don't love them. Yeah. And so they kind of turn on him every time they get a bad prophecy. And um, so eventually after, I guess, so many times of feeling like he was failing at his gift, then, and, and Abuela getting mad at him mm-hmm. and causing him, um, you know, to feel like he's hurt the family. He's controlling again. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so he creates this, like, he, he's just shrouded in shame and guilt. Mm-hmm. And so his wound is shame. And the last prophecy he sees is about Mirabelle. And he's so freaked out by it that he's afraid to tell everyone that he just runs Mm -hmm. and he hides in his shame and bless his heart. He hides inside the house. Like he doesn't even leave and they think he's gone. But I really had this moment of thinking about like hiding our shame in the shadows and hiding our shame in the darkness. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and even, how we're still walking around in the same life, but we're hiding in the But shadows. totally separated, mm-hmm. completely isolated from the rest of the world. He can see them. He can mm-hmm. hear them. He actually sits at the table with them when they all sit at the table, but he's on the other side of the wall. I didn't realize and that. And he makes his oh. own t- placemat. I know, bless his heart. And he That's just watches so them sweet. through the window because he loves yeah. his family. Yeah. And he desires to be near his family, but he feels this deep, deep shame that has completely isolated him. And I think that's what happens a lot with guilt is that we go into these dark places and these mm-hmm. shameful places. And that is exactly where the enemy can thrive. And he can tell us we're not worthy. He can right. tell us we don't matter. And, um, and so that's what he does. And, and Mirabelle's, you know, quest to save the family, she finds him and she's like, Ooh, 
You're, 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 you're not you're doing little, so good. You're not doing so good, Bruno. <laughs> you're, you're a little weird, Bruno. We're, we're a little worried about you. Um, but he's able to, by the end of the story, come out into the light again yeah. and rejoin his family. Yeah. And and I think that's probably the heaviest cross that a lot of people carry is the shame. And the message that I kept hearing over and over and over when we were preparing for Set Free is, the Lord does not desire us to carry shame and guilt. Yeah, He desires freedom for us. And we are carrying shame that we were never meant to carry. Mm -hmm. And he will convict our hearts and Mm -hmm. he will call us to greatness and he will call us to walk away from sin. But even after we go to confession, a lot of times we still carry the shame. Mm-hmm. And confession is meant to be freeing. It is meant to reconcile us back to the family. Right. That is what it is. It is right. returning back to the place of wholeness and the place of community and the place of faith. But we don't allow our hearts to be reconciled. We still hold on to the yeah. shame and guilt. And and the Lord is saying, yeah. I'm ready for you to lay that down. Yeah. I'm ready for you to offer it to me and to look into my eyes and let me tell you how deeply I love you. Let me tell you that I was there with you when you made this mistake long ago, or I was there with you when something terrible happened to you that that you had no control over, Mm -hmm. no control whatsoever over what happened to you. And I never asked that little eight-year-old you to carry this guilt for the rest of your life. Yeah. And, and I'm ready for you to be able to step into the light and to be free. Yeah. Um, so what are some ways that people can make that jump? Mm, Yeah. Um, I, as you're saying that just, what's going through my mind, um, is as much as just thinking about just as an example, when you said the eight year old girl, um, as much as you don't want to go back there, I would encourage you to go back there mm. in your mind and in your heart, but I not alone. With, I was going to say not alone. Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> so go back there and in prayer and invite Jesus and say, Jesus, where were you in this? Where were you? And And I would even say, if you feel comfortable, don't do that prayer alone. Like invite someone into that space with you. Mm -hmm. Um, Either a healing prayer trained person or a Catholic therapist, Mm -hmm. someone who knows how to invite Jesus back into that. Um, EMDR is really effective for that. If you can find Catholic therapists who can do EMDR. Right, right, right. Yeah, carry on, sorry. Yeah, no. Um, So yeah, so invite Jesus into that and say, Jesus, where were you? Um, And allow him to show you that. And it might not happen right away. It might take some, some patience and some waiting, but I guarantee you he was there. And he wants to walk you out. Mm-hmm. And so allow yourself to go into that place of, um, allowing him to take your hand out of that, that moment, that situation and to walk you out and to, to rescue you. And, um, it, it's hard in those situations because it's so easy to go into like blame and like, why, why didn't you like literally get me out of that situation mm. and that sort of thing. Um, but his, his heart, breaks deeply for those situations, you know? Um, yeah. And we, um, you know, we learned a lot this year about there's, there's a couple of different things. There's inner healing prayer, which is, um, something Dr. Bob shoots really, um, suggests for healing wounds. And then there's also prayer and deliverance through the unbound ministry. And both of these, I think work towards the same goal of that. 
And um, one thing that Unbound does, though, is they say um, they have these five keys and you kind of pray through the five keys. And what their what their um, mission is, or is that there are all these doors that get opened mm-hmm. throughout our lives by sin or by um, trauma, by um, some sort of um, spiritual darkness, you know, Ouija board, things like that. Mm-hmm. But so it can be, sometimes it can be things we've done and sometimes it can be things that were done to us. Right. And those doors allow the evil one to have more access to our hearts. Mm-hmm. So through this prayer, you very gently and very kindly close all those doors just yeah. one at a time, boom, 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 and close all the doors. But there's a moment in there where they ask people to ask forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And there's multiple things we, we do ask forgiveness for. One is for ourselves. Because they say very often people go to confession and they have already been forgiven by God, Mm -hmm. but they are not forgiving themselves. Mm -hmm. And so that is continuing to have a place where the enemy has a stronghold over your heart is because we're not able to receive the forgiveness that God has so beautifully offered to us. And I think going through that prayer, like you just talked about, allows us to have a heart-to-heart connection with the Lord where he says, I have forgiven you. Mm-hmm. I desire you to be completely forgiven and completely whole. Um, and then the second stage of that is forgiving people around us, forgiving yeah. someone who caused us pain. Um, and that doesn't mean entering into relationship again. It just means yeah. wanting their wholeness and their freedom as well. And Forgiveness their, and reconciliation yeah, are two totally different things. Very different things. Um, and as long as we're holding on to... Um, pain and, um, holding on to hate or, you know, hurt for someone else. That's also allowing the enemy to have stronghold. Right. So I highly, highly recommend, um, finding a healing prayer or unbound ministry near you. You can go straight to the unbound website and they will find places for you. If you live in Austin, we can absolutely connect you with some people. Um, and I think there's a lot that are doing zoom, yeah. prayers too. So if you're in a different area, I'm sure we can, we can help you find one too. Right. Yeah. So, um, that the lie that poor uncle Bruno, Theo Bruno says is <laughs> I caused all of this because I am bad. Yeah. That's the lie that shame says. And wasn't it, um, with his memory with Mutabel, he, he didn't allow it to finish. He stopped right? it in the middle. He stopped mm-hmm. it. And so he allowed his shame to suffocate his gifting. Mm, you know? Yeah. And that gifting was that, that, that prophecy from his gift was actually what was going to save the family. Right. But yeah. he ran from it in fear right? and didn't allow it to complete. He got so right. scared. He took off. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. you were talking about earlier about how the enemy attacks in the place most closely to our gifting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that the gifting is right, clo- right next to the wound. And so the enemy is going to attack um, the wound right next to it so that we don't step away from it into the gifting. Cause mm. the last thing he wants us is to walk in our gifting. Yeah. Right? He's trying everything he can to keep us from walking in our gifting. Yeah. Yeah. So if that means fear and shutting it off, then he's going to put in fear. And so how that true is off. that for Encanto? He so attacked true, every yeah. single one of them in the place yeah, of their gifting. That's true. Every single one of them. Yeah. And made it where their gifting was now a burden. Right. Instead yeah. of a joyous And he put in the um the the thoughts that they have to do with themselves. What am I trying to the say? Self-reliance. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah he put yeah. this lie in their head yeah. that said, This gift depends fully on you. Right. 
It is yours and performance to maintain mentality. performance. Yeah. It is yours to maintain. You must perform to uh-huh. keep this gift. Yeah. And we know about the identity and the way that God created us that none of that is true. Right. We our identity is a gift that He gave us. Yeah. And our charisms, whatever those may be, are fully free gifts. We don't have to earn them. We don't have to strive towards maintaining them. Right. We get to rest and who God is and what he's made us and how he created us to be his. And when we're fully living out of that resting, then our gifting and our charisms thrive. Yeah. Then they just like bubble to the surface and they're overflowing and they yeah. give us energy and versus joy hold, and, and joy peace and versus yeah. holding us down and causing us pain and causing us heartache. Yeah. That's good. Good Ooh. job, Kendra. It's <laughs> <Look at> you. <laughs> D- diving deep. I like it. Okay. So we won't go through all the characters, but, um, so at the end when, um, every time there's a moment of, um, like transformation mm-hmm. or a moment of healing or um, even even like little like guiding towards the next step for problem solving in the story, uh-huh. there's a butterfly. And so the butterfly takes them, like the butterfly, I'm pretty sure, I've watched this seven million times, how do I not know this? But I'm pretty sure the butterfly even leads her into where um, she finds the um, oh, the missing the pieces. pieces. The, yeah. yeah. So the butterfly kind of leads her and the house leads her too. Uh-huh. And so I can't help but think that that's the Holy Spirit saying, come yeah. on, like, let's go. Yeah. Go this direction. Follow me, Mirabelle. And so anyways, there's this butterfly, is this recurring theme. And when after the house crumbles and everything is sad and they've all fallen apart, she runs off by herself and she actually runs to the place where her grandfather died. She doesn't realize that at the time. Wow. And she yeah. sits down on the ground where her grandfather died and she's gone for days and they don't know where she is. And um, Abuela comes and finds her and um, sits with her. And at this point, Abuela is starting to, to realize mm. that she's she's held on too tight. And so they have this beautiful moment. And, she, and she, Abuela starts to tell her story. And it starts singing this song. And it's all in Spanish. And um, I can't say it, even though I know a lot of Spanish, because I don't know what those words are. But at the end, it says, I mariposa. But that's uh-huh. the end of it. That's not the beginning. But I watched all the words to that song today. Oh, yeah. Mind-blowing. So it's all about caterpillars. Oh. Which sounds cute and fuzzy, but whatever. Like, you get it. So it's talking about these two caterpillars. Uh-huh. And these two caterpillars love each other. And they are, like, building this life together. But they can't stay where they are. Uh-huh. They can't stay caterpillars because caterpillars are meant to become butterflies, right? Yeah. And so it's showing this back, this flashback of their family and she's saying, look, we're going to have twins or triplets and, and he's all excited to have babies. And then they continue to just sing the song and, and talk about how they're like growing right now and they're feeding themselves and they're getting stronger, mm-hmm. but soon they're going to be called into transformation. Wow. The transformation is coming wow. and they need to be prepared for this transformation. Yeah. And so then it goes through the whole heartache and the sadness and you just see her like heart ripped out of her chest and it continues to sing this song in Spanish behind her. And then, um, and then they have their healing moment. And then at the end, the song shifts from the caterpillar to the butterfly. Oh, wow. And so now, and there's butterflies swirling all around, Uh um, while they're having this healing moment and the butterflies swirl around the candle every time the miracle is strong. Uh So it's showing that like life is being breathed back into this miracle and it's like, okay, now it's time to, it says this, it's time to come out of the chrysalis. It's time to come out of this yeah, darkness yeah. and it's time to breathe new life into where you've been and where you're going. And it's time to be set free. <laughs> it actually talks about this in the show amazing. that it's time to fly. Yeah. Like it's time to go. Yeah. And, um, 
And I, I think that's so cool for many reasons. One, um, my oldest daughter, Ella, sees um, the Lord speaks to her through butterflies, mm-hmm. which is really cool. And not just butterflies, but blue butterflies in particular. And she had an encounter with Mary one time. And Mary gave her the blue butterfly and said, mm-hmm. this is how the Lord is going to speak to you. And we figured out that in Spanish, mariposa actually is Mary poses, mm-hmm. which is like Mary, like praying to Mary. I'm doing praying hands. You can't see me. But like <laughs> the posing, the, the butterfly, when it opens and closes, looks like praying hands. Yeah. And so it's actually um, meant to be a symbol of, of the love of Mary and the love of God. And so when you wrap all that into it yeah. and, um, Kendra and Rachel and I were praying the other day, we have an exciting announcement yes, to make. We do. We do. And, uh, we, we, uh, we're praying and a butterfly came to mind for us and it all just works so beautifully. Yeah. with this story. And so we get to announce that we are having a women's adoration night and little mini retreat in Round Rock, Texas. And it's going to be called Awake My Soul. And we just had this vision of we've been on this journey of find my fire. And this is going to be kind of like the culminating piece to the journey. Mm-hmm. And the moment where this sounds a little cheesy, but I don't care. Like the moment where God says, okay, I've been forming you mm-hmm. and I've been preparing you and I've been stirring your heart and I've been healing your wounds and I'm ready for you to step out of that darkness. Yeah. I'm ready for you to come out of the chrysalis. I'm ready for you to fly. Yes. And so we just had this image of butterflies Yeah. and um, a new life. And it seems funny because it's Advent and we're like, that seems like that should be a spring. Right. <laughs> I know. spring thing, not an Advent thing. <laughs> but I just, um, in my prayer, I had this like idea and this vision of that Advent is New Year's. Mm-hmm. It's New Year's for the church. And so it is a new year. It is a new time for like awakening. Yeah. Like this year is going to be the year that the church is awakened. Yeah. It is the Eucharistic revival is you know, in full force and that yeah. 2023, the liturgical year is going to be the time where God just says, come alive, come awake. Yes. So yes. awake my soul. Awake my soul. <laughs> I know. We'll probably sing that song like yeah. nonstop as we're preparing yeah. for all of this. I love it so much. I'm so excited. Um, just before we had that prayer meeting the night before, I think I was praying and I think it was in, I think it was during my holy hour I was praying. I was like, God, what is your name for me? Mm. Um, and I had prayed that prayer before and nothing has come. I'm like, okay, fine. <laughs> um, but he said my butterfly. He did? Oh, gosh, he I forgot did. that. I yeah. remember you saying that, but I forgot and, that was the name. Oh, my and gosh. And I was like, okay, what is that? Okay, I'm a little flutter, flutter butterfly. But then as we were praying, it kind of, it just all came together of how, like, you received the butterfly and, and um, the the cocoons and and – God has very intentionally led Megan and I on this journey of living out mm-hmm. finding your fire. Right. And um and it's so beautiful that he has brought us here to this place of speaking it into this podcast now and mm. into your hearts and um inviting you like Megan just said so beautifully um to come out of your cocoon, come out of the darkness, come out of the safe place that you may think is the safest, but really mm. it's confining and it's, it's self-protection. Right. Right. And, um, many times, um, we try, well, okay. So, so a butterfly cannot come out of its cocoon too early because mm. it can't survive. Yeah. 
And it has to go through that full transformation. Mm-hmm. It has to go through full transformation of, from caterpillar to butterfly before it can come out of the cocoon. And, and so we're inviting you on this journey of being fully in the cocoon, but allowing yourself to be transformed in the cocoon mm-hmm. through the healing, um, through the awakening, through finding your fire, your identity so that you can burst forth and fly in this, in this space of safety of being anchored in who you are. Um, and and just enticing and and drawing out others to come live fully alive. And think about the generational impact that it has on families. Because that's a big part of the story too, right? Is that Mm -hmm. her not being able to heal her own wounds gave wounds to her family. Mm -hmm. But if we as women can stop that right now, can seek healing, can allow the Holy Spirit to take root in our lives, to get to know Him, to have intimacy and identity in who we are as God's beloved that will change our children. It will. It, it will change. Will. Yes. I, I, it will change the world. It will change the trajectory yeah. of the world. It will. And I can say, you know, from my own personal experience, when I had my big conversion, it changed my family. Mm-hmm. Not just my immediate family, but my parents, mm-hmm. my brother, my, like people all around started to see that something was different. And then they start to question and they wonder. And then the Lord has access to their hearts now because they're open to it. Right, and right. so we just desire this for everyone. Yeah. But but you living fully alive as the butterfly <laughs> allows <laughs> others to like be yes. fully alive too. So, okay. So let's talk yeah. about what our event is going to be. Yes. It's going to be at St. John Vianney in Round Rock. And they have this awesome big kind of... Um, parish activity center and we had our last it's huge it's huge we had our last event there and it was so fantastic we had 160 women come yes and we didn't even fill half the place no we have so we are ready to pack it we got room (laughs) for you guys yes and um, so we're gonna have dinner it'll be a little pasta dinner and we'll have gluten-free for you guys who are gluten-free like Kendra and my kids and we'll have time for fellowship um we really want to invite women to get to know one another and to Mm -hmm. journey after this together so if that's something you're desiring this is a perfect place for you if you already have women that you're journeying with bring them with you yes and then that will strengthen that relationship and y'all can continue to move forward together we won't like mix you up and make you go with people you don't know yeah yeah <laughs> I hate when that happens. <laughs> Me too. and then um we'll have worship and we'll have adoration and mm-hmm. um confession and we'll have healing prayer teams there yeah. we haven't told the healing prayer ministry that yet but, <laughs> but we'll work on that they'll be there <laughs> they'll be there we will find a way to get some healing prayer yeah. teams there yeah. and it's going to be december 2nd at six o'clock yeah and you can um register today on our website early bird early bird is 25 dollars until november 1st and then it will go up to 30 dollars. so yeah. get your early bird ticket and we also have t-shirts for sale that yes. say Awake My Soul. So if you'd like to get a t-shirt now, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, we'll have um, things at the door as well. Yeah. And there's also an opportunity to donate a ticket to someone because we do yeah. we do have um, women that reach out to us and say, I'd really like to go, but I just can't afford it. And so that really does bless it does. other people. And we really do put it to good use. So and pray about that. And if you feel really called to come to this, but finances are in the way, please mm-hmm. reach out to please us. Please reach out us. to we us. We never want this to be, yeah. we try to keep our costs as low as we can. Yeah. And we want this to be accessible, but you know, we have costs we have to cover. Right. So, um, but we never want people to not come because of that. So yeah. please, please let us know. Yeah. I'm excited. I am so excited. <laughs> it's been way too long. Yeah, it has. And we're also yeah. dreaming about um, putting on a weekend retreat maybe in yeah. the spring. And so we, we've got some other things up our sleeves, that yeah. ways that we can connect with you guys more. Yeah. So we're yeah. excited about it. Yay. 
Well, Megan, thank you for listening to Tessa and letting her watch Encanto <laughs> and allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to you through Encanto. Um, that good. was a gift. That was beautiful. Yeah. So we mentioned a couple of times charisms, but we go more into the gifts and how we fully live out our gifts and our charisms on our other podcast, which is called Girls Arise. Mm-hmm. So Girls Arise is a podcast for Catholic girls, but really any age level I feel like can listen to yeah. it because... It's pretty deep theology, especially on that episode with Encanto. Yeah, so, so if too. you want to hear more about us talking about Encanto, um, go check that one out too. Yeah, yeah. Or share it with a teenage girl in your life. Yeah. It'd be awesome. All right. Well, we're praying for each and every one of you, and we're so blessed that you are on this journey with us and allow us into your hearts to to be there with you. So um, stay in touch. Oh, wait, before we go, we want to give them some info about how they can dive more into healing. So there, if you're in the Austin area, uh, Father Charlie Garza, who um, is amazing Mm -hmm. and trained us in a lot of uh, healing prayer, is going to be putting on a retreat at St. Thomas More in Austin. And oh, I don't have the date in front of me. October 22nd? 8th. 28th. Yeah, it's the last 28th to 9th. Okay, the last it's, Sunday. It's what that weekend Thursday, then? Friday. So it's seven to nine, seven to nine on Thursday and Friday, and then I think like nine to four on Saturday. Okay, the last weekend of October, and that's open to anyone. And we'll put mm-hmm. a link in the show notes to yeah. register for that if you'd like to go. And it's it's a powerful retreat. He's done it, this yeah. many many times. He has a very real healing charism and explains healing beautifully and just is so connected to the heart of Jesus. I highly recommend him. And then um, Dr. Bob Schutz has multiple books out there about healing wounds, Um, Be Healed, Be Transformed. He has one about healing sexual wounds. Mm. Um, I can't remember what that one's called. Be something. (laughs) They're all B. (laughs) But I'll put that one in the show notes too. Um, So if you have... um, some sexual wounds in your past. I highly recommend that. And his newest book that just came out is actually a retreat. And it's like a 13 or 14 day retreat called, do you want to be healed? Mm. And, um, it's something that you can do at home by yourself and just walk through the book. So if you're far away from, um, any community or an opportunity to, to journey with someone, that would be really good. And then they travel around the country putting on retreats. So, um, I've been and to Unbound Undone. Does too. Yeah, and Unbound okay. does too. Unbound is the um, deliverance ministry. Undone is a women's retreat put on by Dr. Bob's daughter. Um, there's also a book from Undone that really mm-hmm. um, made an impact for Kendra. Yeah, it's yeah, a great it book as well. Yeah, yeah. So there's lots and of resources. We'll JP2 Healing Center yeah. is a great resource to go to as well. Yeah, so that's Dr. Bob's program yeah. is a JP2 Healing Center. So he's got lots. And he has a podcast um, oh, yeah. with... Uh, Jake Kim. Yeah, that's a good one. Called, what's it called? I don't remember. <laughs> I don't either. I didn't read my phone either, so I, I can't know, look I it up. I don't, we'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, so we'll put that on the show notes. And it's it fantastic too. Yeah. All right. Restore the glory. That's Restore the glory. Good job. <laughs> I didn't just remember it. You got to that fast. I good did. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we will see you next week. And yeah. I just pray that the Lord um, shows you today how he wants to encounter you. Yeah. How... Um, he desires the healing of your wounds. You know, ask him if you're not sure, ask him what those wounds are mm-hmm. and then just follow him. Mm-hmm. He's good. Take him by the hand. Let him lead you to where he wants you to go. Yeah. And trust that he will care for you and he will love you and it will bring you to more fullness. Yeah. All right. All right. Join us in our Facebook group as well. Yeah. And we'll journey together. Bye everybody. Bye guys. Hey friends, we would love to hear from you. So you can find us on Instagram. Our 
Instagram is His Beloved of Texas or on Facebook. And we also have a Facebook group called His Beloved. I will tag all of those in the show notes. We would love for you to join us, especially if you are on this Find Your Fire journey with us. Go to our His Beloved Facebook group and share with us what stood out to you this week. Where is God moving in your heart? What is he calling you to that's maybe new or exciting or different, or maybe it's something he's been trying to remind you for so long, and maybe you're ready to receive it now. Also, one more thing that would just mean the world to us is in podcasting, having reviews and rates on our podcast app mean that other people can find our show. So please, 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 if you listen on Apple or Spotify or Google, go to your podcast app and click rate and give us a five-star rating if you'd like, and maybe a little review about what you love about this podcast, because that helps people when they start searching for Catholic podcasts to find us. Also share with friends. The biggest way people find out about us is because you tell them, and we want as many people as possible to go on this journey with us. All right, guys, see you next week.